All your Tinder girlfriends will just have to deal with it. And my mom. It's that time again. Welcome back to Kishanad, your favorite podcast about conspiracy theories and cooking. I'm Matt. And I'm Kelly. And we're getting arty. But first, before we get into our topic, a little update. You may, if you listen to the show, Kelly's mom, Mm -hmm. recall our last episode was about Scientology, and we were a little concerned that, you know, we might get in a little bit of trouble or something. And after we published the episode, it wasn't showing up on Spotify. And I was like, I never really understand when Spotify pulls the episode. So I was like, okay, whatever. And a little bit later, I kind of checked. It wasn't there. And then much later in the day, Kelly was like, should I be concerned that that episode is not on Spotify? And I'm like, you know what? I mean, they might actually like not let it in there because it said it had Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard and everything. And and then I was looking and it wasn't on Apple either, the where I was looking. And then Kelly's like, well, in my podcast app, it just has a blank title. And the reason it had a blank title is because I forgot to put the title in the episode. It was actually so, Val. Val forgot. Yeah, it's Val not on it you. Up. You yeah. can't keep taking responsibility for her mess ups. Yeah, so we fixed it, and now it's now it's available in all places where fine podcasts can be found. So, but tonight, today, whatever, I, I always feel stupid like talking about the time mm-hmm. when I talk, do a podcast. But on this episode, we are going to get arty. We're going to talk about art, not the art of podcasting. Because podcasts about podcasting are really, really dull. And, and also, we clearly don't understand the art of podcasting. <laughs> no, we really, we, we really can't don't. talk about it. So where, where do we get started thinking about the art world and the myriad of conspiracies within? So I actually just read a novel about an art heist and some art forgery. And then there's this small startup, I don't know if anyone's heard of it, Netflix. So they have a four-part miniseries right now about this art heist at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. Everyone's watching it, so I've been thinking about art. I walked my butt over to the art museum the last week, felt really arty, and then I was like, I wonder if there are art conspiracies. Well, and everybody's talking about that Van Gogh, you know, like immersive experience the immersive experience yeah yeah i was too cheap to pay for that i just did like a free city pass well but it's maybe. like sold out for like the next two months or something because i was oh, like yes, oh that. maybe that'll be a fun thing to do this weekend and it's like <laughs> ha sucker absolutely nope. not why don't you go get a reservation at true while you're at it is that still a thing oh my god remember when all your first dates were at true for like five years that was a fun time my first dates mm. were all at parrots <laughs> the dive bar on wellington because that was my First date litmus test because it had a kick-ass jukebox and it was a shitty dive. And, and it's a fun time. And it's it's an awesome, awesome dive and everybody should should go. Anyway, but that's not, we're not. We're not talking we about can, any of this and we're right, not editing it out, Val. None of that is Val. even vaguely close <laughs> Val, to our leave, actual topic. Leave this in for a slice of life. No, everyone's talking about that Netflix thing too and I haven't watched it yet, but anyway. So there's a a lot of art world conspiracies. I picked three to do some research on, but the most interesting content and the stuff I found the most about was about a British artist. He was born in 1860. His name is Walter Sickert. Sickert? Sickert? (laughs) If you're playing the Keishanon drinking game, take a drink. Three shots for you. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait till the Italian names later. So, Walter Sickert, Sickert, he was a British painter and printmaker. He was an avant-garde artist in the Camden Town Group in Britain. He was an important figure in the transition from Impressionism to Modernism, a time we all remember with fondness. Right. But there's two... There's actually four books written about how he was Jack the Ripper. One was written by Patricia Cornwell. I'm sure you've heard of her. Yeah, we go way back. We follow each other on Twitter. So she wrote Portrait of a Killer, Jack the Ripper, Case Closed, a 2002 book. And then the more interesting book to me was it's by an author named Stephen Knight. But he wrote Jack the Ripper, The Final Solution in the 70s. And I'm like, who That's let that a, title? Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> who? <laughs> who was like, yes, the final solution is something we should bring back in the, yeah, into yes. the zeitgeist. So like I said, Walter Sickert, he was born in 1860, died in 1942. He did, while he was alive, have an, a keen interest in Jack the Ripper, according to his friends, family, and biographer. He did a painting called Jack the Ripper's Bedroom, naturally, and bragged about staying in the same hotel room as Jack the Ripper. Because the hotel lady said, you're staying in the same room as Jack the Ripper. He was just here. Because they were contemporaries. It wasn't like Jack the Ripper was done working and you're in his room now. Well, otherwise, you know, how could it have been him? Has anyone seen him and Jack the Ripper in the same place at the same time? No. (laughs) I mean, they were apparently in the same room, but maybe at the same time? So Stephen Knight was influenced to write this book. And I'm not going to say the title again, because there was a man named Joseph Gorman who claimed to be Sicker, Sickert, his illegitimate son. Gorman later admitted to lying about most of this. <laughs> but Don't they usually? Is that yeah. how this always ends up happening? But even after he admitted he lied, Knight was like, no, no, I've collected no, so much evidence yeah, based on yeah. his story, <laughs> which I love. I love a commitment and a follow through. OK, right. so this also involves our favorite group of people. The Illuminati? Mm, close. The Freemasons. Oh, okay. Our second favorite group of people. Right. My apologies to the Illuminati. <laughs> Still our number one. You can't see because this is a <laughs> podcast. But I did the like heart thing with my hands. We heart the Illuminati. Can we make t-shirts that say that even if it's just for you and me? We might need to do that. There's our merch. We've been talking yes, about needing merch. We heart the Illuminati and then Freemasons are number two. Knight and Gorman basically claim that the victims of Jack the Ripper were all killed in an elaborate cover-up because of a secret marriage between Prince Albert Victor, who was then second in line to the throne, and a working-class gal named Annie Elizabeth Crook. I mean, with a name like that, how trustworthy can you be? (laughs) Extremely. (laughs) Thank you. So Joseph Gorman claims that he's the illegitimate son of Walter Sickert and Annie Crook's daughter with Prince Albert, Albert Victor. I don't know. We'll get to whether or not Walter Sickert could have children because there is some sort of penis surgery that comes up in both of the books, but no one could verify whether it took place. I don't know. This is kind of long. Just just keep drinking your alcohol and, and stay with me. So Prince Albert Victor was introduced to Walter as an art tutor to like introduce him to the art world. And at Walter's studio, Prince Albert Victor met this lady crook. And they started having an affair. Prince Albert Victor had many affairs. He was kind of a little menace. It's also widely rumored that he is Jack the Ripper. How many people are Jack the Ripper? Like thousands. It's There are so many. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like There's so many people that claim to be Jack the Ripper and no one can figure it out. But since this book is called The Final Solution, I'm going to go with this. It's final. So now a little bit of this is true in the sense that Albert Victor did have a lot of affairs and... 
Lord Salisbury, who was the prime minister at the time, did sponsor a police raid on Albert Victor and on Walter's studio and Albert Victor's little apartment by the studio. But that's where like the facts and I don't know if it was because he was having an affair with this woman or why this police raid happened, if that makes sense. But we have record that it happened. And the chief of police at the time in London was a Freemason named Charles Warren. Sir Charles Warren, pardon me. Basically, they're saying that Annie, Albert Victor and Annie got secretly married and Annie was a commoner and a Catholic. So this couldn't be known that Albert Victor was marrying her. They set up a little love shack for their secret marriage and they had a daughter. I didn't write down the daughter's name. I forget. Is the daughter Jack the Ripper? Probably. They're probably all, every word, I am Spartacus. That's what's happening here. (laughs) Michael Scott. I've seen that movie like three times. I still don't know who Spartacus was. I love Michael Scott. Albert Victor had a secret child with a Catholic commoner, and they couldn't let this be known because she would have a thing to the throne. What is that called? A link to the, a claim, a claim Claim. to the throne. Thank you. Oh, the baby was named Alice. I did write it down. So, And you pronounced that one right. Yeah, I know that one. (laughs) Alice. Must be Italian. They have baby Alice. The Freemason police chief, Sir Charles Warren, finds out that they have a baby here. And he is like, oh, hell no. And he was like, we have to get that Catholic throne claimant out of here, okay? So he raids the house. Albert Victor is released to the custody of his family, a.k.a. he's like trapped in the castle. Okay, like not a bad life. He gets out again, I'm sure. He does a lot of weird stuff. Mary Crook... Annie Crook, Annie Mary Crook, she is given guardianship of someone while in court custody, declared insane, and put away in an asylum and drugged forever, as they did in this time period and still now. The baby survived the raid, and Annie Mary or Mary Annie Crook's friends were taking care of the baby. They decided, there were five of them, they decided to blackmail the British royal family because they were like, we have Prince Albert Victor's Catholic baby here. And then the Freemasons, the Freemasons go nuts. They're like, oh, hell no, we cannot have the secret Catholic baby here. You can't blackmail the royal family. Okay, they have enough going on with the inbreeding and the colonizing. They just have too much to worry about. So they, oh, which, by the way, R.I.P. Prince Philip. Moment of silence. So the the friends of the crook lady who had a secret love child with Albert Victor have this baby and they try to blackmail the british royal family who was actually still like the government at the time and lord salisbury is the prime minister and the police chief is the freemason and they decide to create jack the ripper a mysterious serial killer and he starts killing all these friends of annie mary crook that are in charge of the baby and they also get one by accident because they had a case of mistaken identity (laughs) that's why there's like a sixth victim that was a whoopsie doo Oops. <laughs> all these working class girls look the same. <laughs> so they start killing all these people. And that's the basis of this conspiracy is that Jack the Ripper is just the prime minister and police chief killing all these women to cover up this blackmail plot with this claimant to the throne to stop the blackmail. And they just kill all these women. And they f- that's how that's why they forge and falsify all these like weird, outrageous letters that Jack the Ripper sends. And that was the real story of how Jack the Ripper came to be and never got caught because it was the prime minister and the chief of police. And, you know, even in those days, cops get away with anything. Yes. (laughs) They were at least pretending it was a serial killer then. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's true. (laughs) 
they were like, oh, it's not us. <laughs> Someone pri- different. <laughs> all PMAB, all prime ministers are bastards. Whatever Lord he was. Salisbury seemed like not a real treat, but he also <laughs> had a lot to deal with because the royals at this time, the royal children were just wild and wilding out. They couldn't contain themselves. There was a Baccarat scandal that I can talk to you about separately from the pod if you're interested. It's my favorite royal scandal of all time because it involves someone being kidnapped at a country estate for two weeks. By the way, you said Baccarat in the most Midwestern way possible. You're like, I don't and there's know how this, to pronounce it. You're like, there's this Baccarat <laughs> scandal. Baccarat. <laughs> yes. Just going to eat some hot plate at my Baccarat tournament, okay? Hot From dish. Minnesota. Their hot plate. Baccarat scandal. Baccarat. 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 Does that does that close the book on on uh, Gentleman Jack or so, that's the oh, one oh, book? Oh, oh. Yeah, that's what it's from. No, that's what it's from. I was trying to remember. I'm like, what was thing? And it's in Spinal Tap when they talked about having like a rock opera about Jack the Ripper called Saucy Jack. You're <laughs> a naughty one, Saucy Jack. You're a hottie one, Saucy Jack. Can that please be the name of this episode? <laughs> we might have to. You're a naughty one, Saucy, saucy Jack. Yeah. That was the that closes the chapter on the final solution, and then you have. But then there's more. So how final really is it? <laughs> there's other. There's other. <laughs> Patricia Cornwell's book was called like. It was called Jack the Ripper Case Closed. Like, they're all competing to figure out who has the, the final one. But I do want an honorable mention. In 1990, Gene Overton Fuller wrote Sickert and the Ripper Crimes, claiming that he was also Jack the Ripper. You'll know her as the author of Madeline, the children's books. Oh. Well. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's weird <laughs> that she also did this once. <laughs> she contains multitudes. Everyone has depth. So Patricia Cornwell wrote Portrait of a Killer, Case Closed, Jack the Ripper. Like five different articles mentioned that this stirred up great controversy in the art world. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> controversy. Slow, slow slow news day in the art world? I think that's every day in the art world. It's just them making up their own news. <laughs> but Cornwell takes a lot of liberties here and pretends she's like a psychiatrist because she's like, he meets the psychiatric profile of a, a serial killer. He does misogynistic paintings and sketches, which is basically he did a lot of sketches and paintings of women in positions that looked like they had just been murdered by Jack the Ripper. So I get the connection. I'm not going to lie. It is weird. And this is where the penis surgery comes in. Because she said that he had a lot of anger towards women because he couldn't have sex normally because of a botched operation to remove a fistula from his penis. Another whoopsie-doo. But then there is an argument because another man claims, a historian, an art historian, claimed that the fistula wasn't on his penis. It was on his anus. So it wouldn't have affected his, his sexual performance. Hey, you know, we are not here to kink shame, you know. (laughs) Fistula shame? The surgery, there's no proof of it, but these two went back and forth about it. I don't know. It was just really weird because they were doing this like in the newspaper because this is what used to happen in the newspapers. Well, because there wasn't Twitter. (laughs) No, so they had to to have a Twitter war about where the fistula was. Right, right. (laughs) But then there's also the killing started when Walter Sickert, the artist, his best friend, James Abbott McNeil Whistler... Married a woman that Walter didn't like. So Patricia Cornwall claims that this marriage triggered this latent misogynistic hate in him, along with the unable being boned normally. Oh, that was the other part of the fight, is no one was like, what does is, what is boning normally look like? What do you mean he couldn't bone normally? 
And Patricia was like, he couldn't do it anymore because of the fistula. Duh. And I was like, you guys are old people in the newspaper and this must stop. She also said his artistic abilities made him a great forger. And that's why the letters were so different and in different handwritings and had different sketches in them because he could do that. Which makes sense logically, but then almost all of the Ripper letters have been proven as hoaxes. So he was good at forging hoaxes. And who isn't? <laughs> so maybe not good at it. But the only... There's, so there's two other pieces of proof. Who's to say? Have I said it enough this episode? <laughs> That's the first time. <laughs> so there was a paper analysis done, and one of the, the letters were written on a paper that matches a ream of paper purchased by Walter Zickair's mother at a paper shop. Which sent me down a rabbit hole about how you used to have to get paper <laughs> in the late 19th century. Because <laughs> you had to go to like a silk factory and <laughs> get some paper spun. You couldn't couldn't call up Dwight and Andy and... Stanley would have helped you out right yeah. away. And then there was a... Patricia Cornwell in her book claims that there is DNA evidence matching Walter to Jack the Ripper's evidence or DNA. But because of when Jack the Ripper was killing. The only DNA evidence they have is... They didn't have, is, have DNA then. Well, the samples I mean, they took... Yeah. The samples they've been able to run only have mitochondrial DNA. And mitochondrial DNA isn't specific to you as a person. It's specific to a group of people. So, like, literally everyone in Britain, almost everyone in Britain at this time would have had the same mitochondrial DNA. So, again, it's an, it's an I am Spartacus thing. It's everybody in Britain yes, was... They're all was, Jack the Ripper. They're all Jack the Ripper. Everyone got to kill one prostitute <laughs> as a treat. <laughs> in the, that's so bad. <laughs> Sex worker. <laughs> the problem with that wasn't about the killing. It was that I said prostitute. It was, <laughs> it was my language. Um, he also, Patricia Cornwell's other thing was that she said he sketched women lying dead like many of the victims were found. But none of the information in his sketches or paintings was private. It was all information that had been made public. So he could have just been, like, I mean, no one's arguing that he's not, like, weird and creepy, but... Like, yeah, he had some was, weird stuff. Like, yeah. like he had, he was married a few times and his wives all died. So, like, I mean, that's suspicious. It was a different time. People died a lot and younger. I'm not judging, and I honestly just skimmed his Wikipedia. So it sounds like you're not sold. I still don't think we know who anyone is. Or if anyone is Jack the Ripper, or if they're all Jack the Ripper, but if it's anyone in this story, I think it was Prince Albert Victor. <laughs> I know, that seems the most plausible. I should have looked into him, but once again, I forgot to research this podcast until like well, a day and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll do an episode about royal Baccarat. conspiracies. Well, yeah, yeah. Yes. Ba- Bac- <laughs> you can't even do it as a lesser. <laughs> We're going to do a whole episode about Baccarat. So Prince Albert Victor, he was the grandson of Queen Victoria. I'll just do a little. But he had, yeah, he had some weird conspiracies about him. He had some weird. Oh, he he's the one that got arrested. I knew I knew him. I couldn't remember. He got arrested at a male brothel. Like and male versus female versus like a brothel through the mail? No. A male order brothel. <laughs> right, right. I was thinking like, you know, brothel prime. It's the original Amazon Prime. It was a male brothel. <laughs> so... <laughs> This is the scandal I remember. We'll just touch on this briefly because it's highly amusing because it was 1889. So this was a big scandalo. But the police uncovered this like huge male brothel with male pimps and male sex workers on Cleveland Street in London. And basically, instead of being arrested, all the male sex workers just 
gave up all the names of all the people that were their clients right away. <laughs> and it was like a ton of people, but Prince Albert Victor was one of them. Or maybe he wasn't, and someone said he was. I don't know, but the royal family had to really come in and be like, he needs to be removed from the scandal right now. We have to take his name out and like... He was just a messy, messy royal, which is my favorite kind and the only kind I truly yeah. love. <laughs> the, the best kind of royal. Yeah. But that's it. That's that on Jack the Ripper. I don't know. Who do you think is Jack the Ripper? It can be anyone you want. It doesn't have to be someone I mentioned. That you actually talked about there? Yeah. Just bring up anything. I, you know, you know what it actually made me think? Not who I think it is, but all this talking about Jack the Ripper has just reminded me of how sad I am that the rumored... <laughs> like as a person. No, listen. Well, yes, I am sad and pathetic. No, what I meant, like, I am... But it reminded me of a sad fact, which is there was supposed to be a a Buffy spinoff about young Giles, and it was going to be called Ripper, because that was, like, when he was, like, a badass dude. Like, that was this whole thing, and it would have been amazing. (laughs) Um. Anyway, so I think I just... My statement is that Giles was Ripper, and we'll just leave it at that. And Giles is a Buffy character? Yes. Anthony This is when I admit to Matt publicly that I've never watched Buffy. It's okay. I guess. It's on my... I always want to get into it. I don't know why I wasn't. It's actually hard to watch now when you know the things about him. And like... Right. It's kind of... You you see his stuff through a little bit of a different light. Especially Buffy. But Death of the Artist stuff right you know like separate right. art from artists it's like yeah. i still love the movie chinatown you know even though well, roman yeah. polanski is well roman polanski oh the roman polanski episode coming oh. soon there's no conspiracies it's just us hating roman polanski <laughs> right, for, an yeah, hour. for an hour so everyone knows da vinci's mona lisa painting right we've all seen it we're all familiar and is it's smaller smiling? than you think it is it's like, it's an eight by 10. It's like, yeah, I too could have done that Da Vinci. (laughs) I have on a copy of the original copy hanging in my apartment. Is she smiling? Is she frowning? Who is she? That's the biggest thing. There's many conspiracies about who the Mona Lisa is. Before we get into who the Mona Lisa was, we can talk about the time she was briefly stolen from the Louvre and returned to her rightful homeland, Italy. The Mona Lisa was stolen from the Louvre in like 1900 something i don't remember i didn't write it down i really thought i wrote it down it was the early 1900s because picasso was implicated okay fair (laughs) i guess you're right around that time it was either like 1911 or 1913 i swear i wrote this down anyway the mona lisa's hangs in the louvre it was stolen a man named joseph gary (laughs) pirat drink told the parish journal that he had become an expert at stealing small artifacts and small art from the Louvre with the poet. You're going to want to take a big chug here because the poet's name is Apollinaire. Apollinaire. A- yeah, again, a- again, it gets, gets your Midwest on there with that name. Apollinaire. I get roasted by all of my friends that listen to this for this Midwest accent. Apollinaire. You know what? I'm going to have my friend Nicole come on and do French pronunciations from now on, so take that. It could be the alternate audio track, although I don't know (laughs) if an alternate audio track of a podcast is just a different podcast. Quichonon, the French series. (laughs) Le Quichonon, extra butter. (laughs) Nair is spelled A-P-O-L-L-O-I-N-A-I-R-E, Apollinaire. (laughs) So he was a poet, and he was good friends with Picasso. And they were in a group in Paris called... The Wild Men of Paris. Les Wild Men of Paris 
And they were lay wild because they were doing lay art heists all over Paris and stealing stuff. I'm, I'm kind of concerned at this moment that someone listened only to our Scientology episode and then they download this and they're like, huh? Yes, if, you're, if your entry point was the L. Ron Hubbard, Shelley Miscavige episode, sorry to say, it's like, it's like my friends who are in tech and they'll like have some tweet that's like really insightful just like that's you know blow up about something tech related or whatever and they'll get thousands of followers from it and they're like sorry because the rest of this is all just shit posting or me talking about my cat thank you (laughs) it's like people who follow me for like psych content i'm like oh no 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 (laughs) no no no, you're not getting that happens that that happens mostly by accident (laughs) that happens when i get irritated by something like once a month so the they wild men of Paris were they just were heisting did art a bunch heist. of art. Yeah, they loved it. And they were just like rich artists and they were like, let's do these fun crimes for fun. Polinaire The wild men of Paris do crimes. Yeah. It, it seems simple. What else would you do in nineteen eleven or nineteen thirteen based on the thing that Kelly didn't write down? <laughs> anyway, the thief ended up being caught. His name was Vincenzo Perugia. He was That hired- one sounded like that might have been right. My Italian's actually usually pretty okay. okay, usually. But there was one name I was writing down, and I was laughing as I wrote it down, because I was like, this is going to get so butchered. (laughs) No disrespect to Italy. I I like how you were in the moment of going, I know I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. I'm even acknowledging it, but am I going to look it up? No, I'm just going to know what's going to happen, and I'm just going to lean into it. Let's go back to the earlier thing where I forgot to research this to like 24 hours ago, okay? I don't have time to be Googling how to pronounce this name. All right, we're just pretending to be working and really researching this podcast. So Vincenzo Perugia was hired by the Louvre to create a glass case to keep the Mona Lisa safe from thieves. <laughs> Which honestly... Oh no, glass. What? <laughs> How will they break it? I don't want to victim blame, but like a little bit, let's victim blame. Why don't you look into maybe like, is the person you're commissioning to build the glass case to keep the Mona Lisa safe? Is he a crazed Italian national who thinks you've stolen his art? Who I don't watches know. the Watchmen? What is that? Well, it's 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 like a comic <laughs> thing, but it was just trying to be, and it yeah. It, no, I, I never mind. I just I meant like it was, the, it was supposed to be like pretending to be like really yeah whatever that was stupid. I'm gonna cut that. We'll just leave it when no, you said what you said. it was good. No, <laughs> you're the funny one. <laughs> I don't do any of the research. So I gotta do something. So thank God. Someone needs to be funny here, and I can't. Okay. So anyway, Vincenzo, he gave the Mona Lisa back to Italy for like a while. <laughs> he was like, here, hold on to this for a while. No was reason. it a little bit about like Ray Liotta going to Lorraine Bracco and Goodfellas? <laughs> like, here, I need, she's like, you know, there's some countries I know that if someone came to them and asked them to hold a stolen <laughs> painting for them, they would have broken it off right then. But actually, I got a little turned on. Everything that's ever happened in history is just good fellas, but different. Everything. Everything in history, as you know, ends with cocaine being flushed down the toilet. And that's it just makes sense. This brings up a sidebar. Matt, will you go to Halloween with me as, as Ray Liotta Lorraine Bracco That would Goodfellas? be amazing. Yes. But which... Thank you. Which... You're Lorraine what? Bracco. It seems obvious. Well, right. But I was saying with era. <laughs> it can be your choice. I like them all. But you don't want to mismatch. I'm saying you don't want to have sort of like that 80s, you know, kind of like... The 80s was a good one, though. Oh, they were good. You just don't want to mismatch them, is what I'm saying. And then you no, have correct. like with the, you look like a gangster. <laughs> well, that was he was a kid when his mom said that to him. But you know what I'm thinking? with the And with that collar that Joe Pesci the, had the, that, that covers the up the his wide. entire tie. Yeah. 
I love Joe Pesci. I would die for him. I just want to make that known. He's done so much for cinema. Okay. So the Mona Lisa, how it came to the Louvre and, and Paris is kind of interesting because I didn't know this because I'm not an art nerd. So I didn't know. Who would know? A guy commissioned the Mona Lisa allegedly from Da Vinci. And then Da Vinci was in France painting. And the king of France at the time saw the Mona Lisa and was like, I will pay you more for that. And he was like, cha-ching. Yeah. And so then it just like got left in France. But it was like allegedly maybe a picture of some nobleman in Italy's wife. Which brings us to who is the Mona Lisa? And it's maybe this rich guy's wife. Is it Jack um, the Ripper? Was Mona Lisa the Jack the Ripper? Mona Lisa is Jack the Ripper. Spoiler alert for the ending of this podcast, <laughs> but yeah, it was her all along. Also, or it was him. Wh- also, William Shakespeare, who was that Italian noblewoman. So this all is full circle here. If you've listened to the whole Kishanon catalog, who was that noble guy? I wrote his name down. Joe Noble. <laughs> it was Signor Joe Noble of Italy. Hold on, I really know I wrote this down. <laughs> okay, the wealthy merchant was his name was. Francis Del Jacondo. That's not pronounced right. My Jacondo don't want none unless, <laughs> unless you've got, got art heists, hun. I feel like we're making up for the last episode, which was so dark yes. and we couldn't be funny. <laughs> and we had none of we got none of it out in the last time. So this Ooh, is a, a supersized ridiculousness, Keisha. I, I kinda thought we could last time. I thought we could be like, ha ha. <laughs> and then he, and then he got then he got in it and you're like, oh. Like, ooh. <laughs> ooh. I mean, mm. if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. It's a really good episode. It's no, it's just so that. informative. So it's informative. Just, yeah, and weird and creepy. Just not. Uh, Tom Cruise has been pacing outside my building in a trench coat since we released it, but it's so good. Also, by the way, this is what happens when you don't leave reviews for our podcast. We apparently review our own podcast. So, you know, <laughs> we did get another review, by the way. I'll talk about <gasps> what it. What does the it end. say? Oh, okay. So, okay. So, wait, let me. I'll just. I'll finish up quickly. You're like, well, now, now, fuck this, I gotta hear the review. (laughs) The Da Vinci, Mona Lisa, a few other people, they think it could be. They think it's a self-portrait of Da Vinci. Some art he was a nobleman's wife, also? Yeah, yeah. Well, Da Vinci was was a nobleman's wife. We'll get to that. Oh, you're like, you kid, but. (laughs) Well, I don't know who was the wife, but you know, we'll, we'll get to it. So... They think it could be a self-portrait of Da Vinci. He did some self-portraits when he was older. An art analyst has done like a side-by-side, and the angles and the proportions are very similar. So I didn't not believe it when I saw it. Is da Vinci... It, was it mitochondrial analysis, Yes, it was just though? a mitochondrial analysis. So it could have been so any Italian. <laughs> any Italian in that era. Any Italian. Yeah. Even the British nationals that were Shakespeare at the time. It could have been any of them. <laughs> it could have been any of those. They... <laughs> Da Vinci had a lover, Gian Giacomo. He went by Salai, so Salai was his lover. Salai had very delicate features. And I saw a side-by-side of a portrait Da Vinci did of Salai. It was called the Mona Lisa. It was was the Mona Lisa next to the Mona Lisa, and one was titled Salai. And I was like, yeah, it's the same, yeah. You're like, Show me the difference. It's the same <laughs> Show picture. me the difference yeah. between these two. Salai was a beautiful man. He had very delicate features. He had long, wavy red hair. It was all good stuff. The portrait of Salai isn't at all like the Mona Lisa. It's like f- much more zoomed out and it's like a full body thing. But I could definitely see Salai being the Mona Lisa. So Da Vinci doing a portrait of his lover as this woman, the Mona Lisa. So that's kind of what I mostly believe. Freud, that old bag Freud, <laughs> had to throw his toe into the ring. 
And he says that Da Vinci was in love with his mom because he got taken from his mom at a young age. So the Mona Lisa is a portrait of his mom. And I just can't get into Freud and all of his bullshit. So I just am not believing that one. I'm skimming over it. But most likely, it's probably this wealthy merchant's wife that he then changed into the king of France (laughs) midway through because he got offered more cash. As one does. But there is another thing. So there's some maybe some hidden imagery in the Mona Lisa. As one Is it like the said, hidden imagery in the Little Mermaid VHS cover? <laughs> King Triton and Eric's penises are in the Mona Lisa. That might have to be the episode title. <laughs> King Triton and Peter, Eric. Prince Eric's penises I are in the Mona Lisa. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, my favorite thing I read, though, for our research was they, someone was like, Da Vinci was known to love riddles. And I was like, yeah, that was kind of all they had back then for any entertainment. Like, it was riddles and limericks. It was riddles, limericks, and like public sw- like floggings. Like, I don't know. <laughs> there wasn't a lot to choose from. So someone says that if you, this art, he was an artist. He is an artist, like a current artist. I didn't write his name down because he's stupid. But he said that if you if you turn the portrait of the Mona Lisa upside down and close one eye and look at the left, you see the head of a lion, the head of a buffalo, and the head of an ape. And I was like, I don't think Leonardo da Vinci would have known about two of those animals. This was like the precursor to backmasking and like, you know, the <laughs> Jethro, or Jethro Tull. That's not Jethro what I meant. Jethro Tull. Don't Judas even bring Priest, him into this. Judas Priest albums. <laughs> Yes, I do know the difference between Jethro Tull and Judas Priest. Those are not closely, you know, they they don't sit next to each other in the same bin at Coconuts. Similar art. Oh, Coconuts. Remember that store? Oh, anyway, some other weirdo, (laughs) Pavel Floresco, has a numerology theory. He says you can see the names. He says in the Mona Lisa's eyes, if you squint and blur your vision, you can see that there's the letters LV and... Louis Vuitton. That's where this started. Is Louis, Louis Vuitton store is where the Mona Lisa was commissioned. He did numerology, so like each letter is a number. And if you add up Mona Lisa and Katarina, his mom's name, you both get you get the number two. And the portrait of the Mona Lisa has two columns in the background, two eyes, two knots, and like no shit. So he says that's an ode to his mom, and that's how he proves it's his mom. Because um, only that's his the, mother has two eyes and two yeah. nostrils. Yes, she had all four. <laughs> The whole package. <laughs> but yeah, that's the Mona Lisa. I was buying groceries last week, and I was just trying to think of different stuff to make for the kids, and that would be easy. And I was like, I don't know, just get some... Oh, I know, I, know, I know what started the entire thing was, like, I discovered that I've got, like, 15 cans of tuna in my pantry, because mm-hmm. I keep buying it and forgetting that I have it. And it's not like it goes bad. I mean, it's a can. I just forget, you know? And so, so I was like... I don't know. What do you do with tuna? I mean, besides make tuna sandwiches, and my kids don't really like tuna sandwiches. And so I was like, I'm going to get some tuna helper, and I get some hamburger helper. Why not? And my favorite part about this was, so yeah, last week, we had, you know, whenever it was, they were over here over the weekend, and yeah, we had like hamburger helper for dinner. And I'm like, yes, remember remember when you were with me a week ago when we went to Joe's, and you had oysters and filet yes. and key lime pie, and this week, hamburger helper. and <laughs> Tuna. Yeah, oh, well, that, well, that was the thing. So they were kind of like, oh, okay, my daughter, she's like, I give it an eight. And Joey and I were like, for real? <laughs> you know, he's like, Joey's like, I think it's like a six. What did she rate the food at Joe's if she's giving she you a helper? She loved it. Eight. Like, although both Joey and Sophia 
have told me that a martini tastes like hand sanitizer. So martini, yeah, tastes like they, hand did sanitizer. Did they order them? No, they tried mine, <laughs> and they're like, it tastes like hand sanitizer. But then, that's good kids, stay away from drugs and alcohol. That's right. Mm-hmm. And tuna helper, definitely but, stay away from. But then I was like, yeah, I guess it was like maybe on Sunday I made. A tuna helper, you know, was just a super simple thing. And I, yeah, I mixed some like vegetables into it too, you know, so it was a little something. They were both like, this is really good. And I'm like, man, I would have hated this as a kid. So uh-huh. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. But also, this dinner costs like $3.75, you know. The whole point of this is that children can't tell the difference between Joe Stone Crab and Hamburger Helper, apparently. So, which is why children are terrible. <laughs> In my food news, I made an asparagus and goat cheese tart, and it was delicious. And I've decided I only want to eat tarts from now on. <laughs> you need some tart helper. It's just frozen buff pastry. <laughs> tart helper. <laughs> you said it's just frozen butt pastry? I didn't say puff. I said butt. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. So I will I'm say... Trying to th- yeah. What is my food news? I don't have... I used to have all the food stuff. Well, I did I did invite you to come to Joe's with us because I texted Kelly and I said, you know, what we were doing. But but yeah, Kelly's like, look at the, the dress I bought to go with. You're kidding. And I showed it to Sophia, the picture of Sophia. And she goes, she bought a dress to go with. I didn't even know she was coming. I'm like, no, Sophia, no. Next time you go out to eat, just let me know because I'm just going to show up in an evening gown for Sophia. <laughs> just especially if it's somewhere like an Applebee's. Because <laughs> <laughs> we go to Applebee's a lot. Now, the oh, I did go to the wedding. Wait, okay, I did go to the wedding. We had some great food because I haven't been out in public. We went to this. My friend Allie got married. She looked amazing. She was gorgeous. She was such a good COVID bride. The wedding's been pushed back three times. They pared down the guest list, so we had like a forty-person, like all vaccinated wedding. It was so beautiful, and it was so fun to be back in public again. But what I really thought I I didn't realize I missed so much in life was a a past app. How did you deal with it? Because I feel like there's certain things that I'm just not ready for that I know I will so, have anxiety about, un, like un, irrational anxiety. No, well, if I didn't know everyone there or know who, like that she knew people, I think I would have had more, like I had anxiety going in until I got there and I was like, this is very but, normal. But I mean, I think what I'm worried about is it's, it's again, nothing, it's completely just because it's so yeah. different, like just to be like, how do you adjust to, even though no, everything is perfectly fine. But I'm yeah. literally right there with you. Like yeah. I was anxious, like Allie's going to listen to this, but Allie, I, like, I love you because she knows she does listen. But I'm like, even the night before the wedding, I was like, this is so stressful for me because I'm going to have to be around these people in this room. And I was really nervous. But then you get there and I, you know, we were helping Allie get ready. We were doing all the normal wedding stuff. And it kind of, we phased into it. Like I drove out there with our friend Melanie and her husband, Eric. And like I phased into people because like in the room where Allie was getting ready, there was like only eight people. So it was like, okay, we got drunk of margaritas. And then we went to this wedding <laughs> and we were like, we're okay. Well, I, I again, I think it's like, because I've seen it in myself is it's just because of having all this muscle memory of avoiding, mm-hmm. even without thinking about it. Not, it's not a conscious thing, but it's just like the way that if I don't want people around me and it's not no, because I, yeah. I'm being a germaphobe about it or that I'm freaked nope. out. I'm vaccinated. It's, it's, it's what it is. But it's just like I haven't been around people. I, you know, like no, and, I, I get it was like overwhelming, yeah. and I had to keep telling. I first, I just kept getting drunker because that was well, that, like, there whatever. You go. I mean, uh, but I, I kept having to mentally, like logically, tell myself, like you're safe. 
Well, and even even this that, is so, safe. And the thing with the past app is, it's not even. I, I'm just was curious about it because I feel like it's. Again, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is totally fine. But just it's a foreign thing that you haven't had where you're like, this is just weird. No, like, it it's, was, it's, 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 not, it's not weird. First. It's jarring. But you just said muscle memory, right? And that's kind of what it was on the other end. And then, also, and then you also like, remembered what it was like to just yeah. have someone bring you food, which is amazing. You have the muscle memory of just like being social. And, but they had I don't usually eat pork, but I it was a spe- like whatever i just don't cook pork but they had b- amazing bacon wrap dates so i had those Ooh. and then they had these like great tomato soup shooters so i liked that because it was like in a little mini beer stein that you drank your soup from i really liked it i'm trying to think they had other they had like great stuffed mushrooms which i'm not a mushroom fan but these were good and then i had eggplant as my main dish they did a beautiful job and then they had these amazing cupcakes for instead of a wedding cake so that you could avoid some of the covid stuff right you guys take individual cupcakes they were in a box prepackaged. So I took like six back to my room. I took like one of each flavor. Well, yeah, because how else do you know? Yeah, and we were at the after party. And at some point I was like, I'm just going to go back to my room and be alone with my cupcakes. <laughs> so I was in a hotel, which was weird to begin with after COVID because I've literally just like only slept in my bed for a, over a year. I just put a dateline out in the hotel room and ate these cupcakes. And it was like the best night of my life in a year. So I highly recommend just go make yourself some cupcakes. Make yourself a cookies and cream cupcake, a Boston cream pie cupcake. A red velvet. Oh, they did have a red velvet. A carrot cake Which was my... Oh, that's my favorite kind of cake, but they didn't have that. Without nuts though, right? I like the nuts, but Mm. I'm a lady. I'm a lady. I like nuts. (laughs) I like nuts. No, it was so good, but it was just really nice to be back in public. It was nice to have good food. I'm sure you experienced that as Joe's. It was just nice to have like a nice meal. It was a little weird, you know, because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, we're out here. The, I mean, the servers were great, and it was actually really nice. She comped our dessert because she liked the kid. Yeah, you know, she's like, your kids are because it was because the well, they were polite. They were and, like, very well-behaved. polite, yeah. and they were engaged. And it's really funny because they were the thing they were talking about. They're like, wait, is that the place where they bring you the the towels and the? Mm. So I'm like, and then then, but they didn't yes. like, and then I was like, yeah, I'm like, guys, they might not do that now because oh, or whatever. COVID, but then yeah. they saw. Them being into other people, and I was like, "Well," and then and then when they came around after for him, they were very very excited. But yeah, because I was like, "Okay, for dessert, I'm like, well, I'm like, we want a half a slice of key lime and a half a slice of the mm-hmm. you know banana cream, and you know my son wanted a sundae, and then she's like, "Okay, so a slice of the key lime and a slice." I'm like, "No, no, no, it's a half." And so she goes, "No, no," she's like, "You're getting a full slice. This is all on me." And I was like, "Well, if you insist, we will eat all of that pie." I mean, and you we have did to eat all the pie, and we did. yeah. As you should. So I just want to read this. This our new review oh, that came in on review. Friday. Yeah, it's from SM Hinky. I don't Who? know if that means anything to you. Hinky. Oh, it's SM Hinky. Oh, SMH Hinky. Do you know anybody in Kentucky with initials SMH? SMH in Kentucky. I know I have one friend from Kentucky, so I'll ask Okay. So the title. It's a five star review. So thank you. Thank you, SMH. Sminky. As, as I'm choosing to Schminky. read it. We have reviews from Schminky and Something Wicked. But Schminky says, fun, super fun podcast, both with exclamation points, though. Ooh. And we are sitting at eight ratings, uh, 4.5 out of five. So we still have that one. They're all five stars and what looks like one <laughs> one-star review. What, what was my review goal? More than this. But what was it? Five. <laughs> It was like twenty. And like well, you wanted gold. ratings. We weren't asking people to write. Oh, like yeah, that's a, that's a long way to go to write a review. We appreciate it when you when you do it. Now you know that we'll read it. 
<gasps> so please review us. We'll read it aloud and we'll give you credit. And maybe I'll send you a treat. The uh, other thing I, I we didn't talk about it because it was it's and I apologize that it was so long that you had to wait for that last episode. But I, I feel Never like I've apologize, got apologize, Matt. I feel, always apologize. I feel like I've got some of the workflow figured out that will be faster. But anyway, the thing is, what happened in between when we recorded that episode and this episode is Kelly was on my online game show which was so fun yes i really enjoyed myself um so so it's a a a show about tech and kelly almost basically won she was i won like the first half and i i cannot draw you are ranked 38 out of 50 for season two and 57 (laughs) out of 80 for overall which is not bad well, I will come back anytime yeah. you guys need a non-tech person. I, right. I did have fun. It I was really super fun. So if you go to devopspartygames.com and look, the episode is called Eventual Inconsistency. So if you find that one, I'll put maybe a link in the show notes. But you can watch the video. You can watch Kelly and everybody else. And it was super fun. Yeah. So I think that we already told you, you know, go to uh, kishanon.com slash iTunes to Leave us one of those reviews in the Apple Podcast Store. And yes, no, you can't review us on Spotify. But if you listen to us on Spotify and you want to leave us a review, maybe you could tweet a review at Kishanon. Or send it on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Kishanon. I love interacting. And I've, I've put out like questions for future episodes, and you guys have been great at giving feedback. So It's a good follow. It's a good Insta follow. Yeah. Our, our Twitter is, you know, I mean, follow us, you know, but... I always forget that it's there. I, I am not as good of my part of the social media management as Kelly is. Kelly's I haven't been great. No, I haven't been great either. So it's okay. But <laughs> I feel like when we put out episodes, I get on there. So maybe I'll do more. Stuff. Yeah, like so. Maybe know. if you publish some episodes, Matt, then I could do my. No, you know, I Matt, could do some more Insta. That was not even a like. That wasn't even a jab like that. But uh, yeah, follow us on all the things. And I was trying to think if there was any other podcast news that's it so, so you know until next time this has been Keishanon and the truth and tacos are out there <laughs>